You are now connected to Conquer for Life podcast. My name is Cynthia Rodriguez and I'm excited for this next podcast, which is my second. Thank you for all those who listened to my first. This video is on how to build emotional boundaries. In this, in this uh, podcast, we will discuss and define what are boundaries, discover what are emotional boundaries. We're going to focus on emotional and how to build them. So I wanted to start out with a question. Why do we put locks on our doors? The question would, the answer to that question would be to keep safe. You decide who comes in and out. In the same manner, boundaries are used to keep us safe from external and internal intruders. And the definition of boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line. Boundaries represent physical and emotional limits that you don't want other people to cross. You let people know how to treat you. They, these boundaries will help you determine what you allow to come in your body, your mind, your feelings, and your behavior. When should you draw this line and with who? I believe that we should draw the line and, and make boundaries when we don't feel safe, when we feel threatened in a relationship where we feel uncomfortable or mistreated. Boundaries need to be made. Um, we're going to talk about different types of boundaries, although we are focusing on emotional. The types of boundaries that people may may put up are physical, where you want personal space. Where right now with the quarantine, we're six feet apart. Those are physical boundaries where you're not too close to people physically. Or you can have physical boundaries when it comes to um, somebody getting too close up in your face and talking to you and you want space. So you have to set those boundaries to say, wow, you're really close to me. Um Emotional boundaries, which is what we're going to focus on, is boundaries set in our emotions, how people make you feel. And verbal boundaries are how you allow people to speak to you um, and, and treat you verbally, how they speak to you. They speak down to you or they praise you. You set boundaries on how you want people to speak to you. People may set boundaries on time. A lot of distracted people waste your time and they don't value and respect your time. And so setting boundaries is teaching people how to respect your time. That when you say, I'm going to be here on this date, that you are and that you respect my time when you say you're going to do something um, because you're respecting that my time is valuable. People set boundaries at work. You protect your limits in the workplace where if somebody wants you to do overtime and not pay you for it, or they're giving you extra work that is not yours, um, you have to set boundaries and say, um, this is how much I can take and set boundaries on your expectations and what it is that you want from the job and what are they going to give to you. Spiritual boundaries. Protect and value what you believe in. This is um, boundaries for your faith, you know, protecting on what you believe and standing firm on what you believe spiritually. That's important to set those boundaries. Financial boundaries, protect your finances and assets, you know, protecting um, uh, what, what it is, the financial aspects of your life and people knowing how much you make or, you know, if you're in a relationship and the person that you just met wants to know your finances, that's a place for that, but it has to be established on how much you are willing to share with that individual financially. Sexual boundaries are to protect and keep your body safe. Um, in a relationship, you are setting boundaries as to what you are willing and not willing to do sexually, especially if you're not married, um, what it is in a relationship that you are willing to uh, establish, whether you are going to be, you know, uh, held accountable, you know, on how you 
uh, are with each other when you are alone. So sexually, you have to set those boundaries. But today we're going to focus on what is an emotional boundary. An emotional boundary is a line drawn to protect your emotions. You know, a boundary is like somebody who draws a line and says, uh, you can pass uh, up to here. And if you pass this line, there will be consequences. And so what an emotional boundary establishes is a line that you draw not physically or not tangibly, but it is something that you draw in your mind that has to be verbally um, spoken, a line drawn to protect your emotions. That you go further here, you're protecting your emotions and setting boundaries to make sure that the people that you establish the boundaries with do not take advantage or do not um, go over them. And so there are steps that you can take to build boundaries. And we have, I have two steps that you can take. First is define what the boundaries are. Explain what are your expectations? What are you willing to allow and tolerate? And what are you willing not to tolerate or accept? Number two is inform people of your boundaries. Let them know what they are. After they define and you know what you want and what the expectations are, you need to tell the people and inform them of what those boundaries are. What is acceptable and unacceptable? What are, what are the consequences for not respecting your boundary? What will happen if they continue and they don't abide by the boundaries that you have established? So you have to define what they are and inform and let people know. Because people cannot read your mind and they don't know what it is that you are expecting. And so it is important that not only you set the boundaries mentally in your mind, but you verbalize them with your mouth and let people know and inform them. Examples of establishing boundaries is something like uh, somebody texts you too late and you're like going to sleep at eight o'clock and they're texting you at 12 midnight or even three o'clock in the morning. You have to set a boundary and let that person know, hey, I, I go to sleep at eight and uh, it's okay for you to text me, but I won't respond until the next day um, and make sure that they don't put pressure on you to actually stay up, text and continue speaking. You could set those boundaries and say, I am not going to be responding because I'm sleeping. And so they have to respect your rest and um, how much you're willing to use the phone. But, and also you are paying for the phone. And so it is your right to take calls or not to take calls because you are paying for the phone. It's yours. Uh, also, an example of setting boundaries are people asking personal questions. You know, like if, if it's personal and you don't feel like sharing, you have to set boundaries. I don't feel comfortable sharing that. And they have to respect that. Having boundaries with family or friends, I think this is very important because we set boundaries for a lot of people, especially, you know, like work, work, uh, co-workers and people that we meet. But it's harder when it's family and friends because they know us intimately and it's harder to establish these uh, boundaries with family because, you know, they're family. And so a family boundary is like if they call too much or they just show up um, without, you know, letting you know or they get into your personal life, although they're family, I think that they need to respect your home. You know, if you establish that when you come to my house, you can't smoke or you can't take drugs or, you know, you can't come here drunk. You know, establishing boundaries in family members, even if they're your parents, it's important to establish these rules and regulations because the, the word of God says that you leave your father and your mother and you become one with your spouse. And that home is established by you and the rules that you and your husband have set. And so it is important that even family members respect those boundaries that you set in your home. Okay, so therefore, we should recognize what is a threat. The boundaries are established so we can recognize the threats to our emotional and spirits. 
And so now we are going to look into spiritually. Now that we know what boundaries are physically and how to set them, we are going to focus on emotional boundaries, which is focus on our emotions, our spirit man. Our, our bodies are composed of body, spirit, and soul. And we're going to focus on the spirit and the emotions and the heart, you know, how you feel, how you think. Um, and so it is important to recognize what threatens your emotions, how you feel, your spirit, and to guard your spirit. And so I came up with, you know, after praying that two concepts that the Holy Spirit revealed to me is we need to be gatekeepers and watchmen over our emotions. Again, I'm going to say that again. We need to be gatekeepers and watchmen of our emotions. I listened recently to a message um, preached by Sarah Jakes, T.D. Jakes' daughter. And uh, it was on a YouTube a video called Let Yourself Go. And she said something very interesting. She said, when you don't take control of your spirit, then what should be a passing emotion becomes the identity of your spirit. She was saying, when I started feeling fear, I let fear in my spirit. And so she became fear. So what basically what she's saying is the spirit of God is trying to reveal to us that we need to be gatekeepers and watchmen of our emotions because what something began as a passing emotion has now become our identity. So if we felt anger, we become angry because we let that anger in instead of controlling it and figuring out where it came from. And as a gatekeeper, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be a gatekeeper? What is a gatekeeper? A gatekeeper is a person who controls access to something. For example, like a gate, a city gate. The gatekeeper's responsibility gives access or authority on who contro he controls who goes in or who goes out. So gatekeepers are used to protect and warn others when there's danger or threat. So we need to be gatekeepers of our spirits, of our emotions, of our minds, of how we feel. And uh, um, there's different types of gatekeepers. You know, uh, a gatekeeper could be an intercessor. An intercessor's job in the church is to pray for the church, for the people, uh, for the pastors. And they're praying for the covering of God's people in the church. And the intercessors are gatekeepers in the spirit. Also, gatekeepers are those who are uh, the ones that, that protect the church. Those are the, the security. They're gatekeepers. The first, the first people you see are security, then the ushers. And so gatekeepers are also security, intercessors. Teachers are gatekeepers. They teach our children. And they not only teach, but they guard and watch them because they're minors. So teachers could be gatekeepers. Have you ever seen teachers that when you're going to go um, see the schools, they're at the door. And also they're at the door entering, letting the children enter and they teach. A teacher is a gatekeeper. Parents are gatekeepers. We're watching over our children, over our family, over our homes to make sure that they're protected, they're cared for, they're treated um, and they're fed. And we're gatekeepers of our families. Pastors are gatekeepers of the souls of the sheep. They feed, lead and protect. Uh, what are gatekeepers? Uh, we are gatekeepers of our own emotions. So we're focusing on establishing boundaries as gatekeepers so that we could protect our emotions. And it's important to establish these boundaries so that when these emotions come to try to sabotage, to try to threaten or to try to, you know, uh, um, get us out of control. We need to establish these boundaries and become gatekeepers so that. They cannot enter, penetrate, and take over our behavior. This year at City Line Church, which is my home church, 
um, pastored by Bishop Joshua Rodriguez and Pastor Paula Rodriguez at City Line Church in Jersey City. This year was established as the year of rebuilding. And Psalm 127, 1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So if God does not watch your home, if he does not protect your home as a guard, we watch and labor in vain. So the one that is watching over us is God. And as God watches over us, we can become gatekeepers and watching over our family. But the one who's actually watching and protecting us is God first. So God watches over us as we watch over ourselves and others. Um, after Nehemiah built the, the walls of Jerusalem, we talked in, in G, um, Nehemiah chapter 7, his job was to establish walls that were brought down and he was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. He positioned and appointed gatekeepers at the doors to keep out invaders. And you can see that in Nehemiah chapter 7. And he put his brother and the Bible says that they were positions of trust. And somebody who's a gatekeeper has a position of trust. They have to be trustworthy to be able to be guard, a guard, somebody worthy that they're not going to sleep on the job. Um, and the Bible says that he was a man of integrity and feared God most, more than most men, more than most, most men do. And so a gatekeeper is somebody who can be trusted, who has a position of trust, who won't sleep on the job. They are sentinels, they are guards, they are watchmen. Um, they do what the, um, the lighthouse does for people that are in the boats to make sure that the people are safe so that when they verbalize that there's danger, they are awake and not sleeping. And the question that God wants to ask us today is, can God trust you to be a gatekeeper of your spirit, of your home, of your body, of others? And in order to do that, you have to be trustworthy. And in order to be effective as a gatekeeper, we need to put our trust in God because he's the one that's really building and protecting. And so we're going to talk about areas that we need to be gatekeepers of. We need to uh, keep guard or be gatekeepers from the enemy schemes. So gatekeepers from the enemy schemes. In Ephesians chapter 6, which talks about the armor of God, the Bible says to put on the full armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or his schemes. So we need to be gatekeepers and come against the enemy schemes. And as you pray and intercede, God will show you his scheme and you can be a gatekeeper to protect you from what he's trying to do. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are, un we are not unaware of his schemes. This chapter speaks on unforgiveness. And it is important that when there is unforgiveness, the enemy can come in and he can penetrate and outwit us and he can uh, deceive us. And so in this chapter, it's important that we make sure that we, have, that we forgive people and that we don't open up doors and permit or our gates that the enemy comes into our homes, our territories, our churches because of unforgiveness. So we need to be aware of his schemes and his deceptions and be gatekeepers to protect us from his schemes. Also, we need to be in guard. We need to be guard. We need to guard our emotions. And with the armor of God, we, we do that. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about the armor of God later. But right now in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, be on your guard. Stand firm in faith, be courageous, be strong. So we need to, as, as um, gatekeepers, 
We need to be on guard, stand firm in our faith. So we need to know who we are. We need to be standing and we need to be watching. So another area that we can be gatekeepers is it says that God is a gatekeeper of our mouths. So gatekeepers of what we say, um, how we speak. The Bible says that there's power of life and death in the tongue. We have the power to curse somebody. We have the power to bless somebody. Proverbs 4, uh, 141. I think I made a mistake here. I say it's Proverbs 14, 3. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So it says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So being a gatekeeper of my mouth is very important. And, and, and this is a prayer that the, uh, the psalmist is saying is, guard my mouth, O Lord. So they're asking God to help me to be a gatekeeper of my mouth and what I speak. And the door, it says over the door of my lips. So we need to be gatekeepers of what we speak. Proverbs 13, 3 says, those who guard the lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Another area that we should be gatekeepers is of our hearts, emotions, and minds. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 23, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is going to do what? It says it will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So it says when we watch and pray, God will guard our minds and he will give us peace. That's amazing. That's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. That when we, when we pray and watch, that God will guard our minds, our hearts, and give us peace, the peace of God. So we need to dress with the full armor of God, and God gives us six tools to help protect us from the external and internal invaders that try to sabotage our emotions. These are found in Ephesians 6. The first one is the helmet of salvation. That is used for your thoughts, for your mind, that you take that as the, the soldiers used to have the helmet to protect them from, you know, from, from the enemies hitting their heads. And that covers your mind, that covers your thoughts. So we need to put the helmet of salvation so that God can cover our mind and what we're thinking. The breastplate of righteousness, that God makes us righteous. He makes us right with him. That when the enemy comes to try to um, uh, scream at us or say, accuse us. He so when the enemy comes to try to accuse us, we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness and know that God made us right with him. And if we are right with God, when the enemy comes to accuse us, God defends us. And so the third uh, tool that God wants us to put on, the armor of God, is the shield of faith. And I found this interesting because I read that the shield of faith, a lot of the times the soldiers would dip their shield into water. So that when the enemy threw the fiery flames, the, the arrows were quenched and they were not able to penetrate and hurt the soldier. So we need to be equipped with the shield of faith and believe that our faith is what's going to sustain us in the hard times when the enemy comes to throw fiery darts and arrows against us as Christians. The fourth one is the belt of truth to make sure that we are girded with the truth of God and what has God spoken over us, that we stand firm in the identity of who we are in Christ and that we believe God's truth of what he has spoken over us as children and daughters of God and sons of God. 
Number five, the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit that the Bible says that the, that the, the, the sword is the word of God that penetrates and it discerns, you know, between good and evil. It convicts, it rebukes, it teaches, it edifies. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. The shoes of peace and the gospel is what they put on their feet, their sandals, so that wherever you walk, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is what will guide you as you walk. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by God. So when you put on the shoes of peace or the gospel, wherever you walk, there will be peace. Wherever you step in and any door that you step into will pro provide peace to the people that you enter and the places you go into. And the last armor is praying in the spirit. This is an additional to the six um, armors in, in Ephesians chapter six. It says, pray in the spirit with all types of petition presented to the Lord. And what you want to do is present your life to the Lord, to present your family to as gatekeepers, intercessors, as watchmen over your spirits, that you pray to God over your spirit and you pray in the spirit. So you need to pray in the spirit for your spirit. And you pray, Lord, guard my heart, guard my emotions, guard my mind so that the enemy cannot take advantage. And you will set boundaries and the spirit of God that gives you peace will protect your heart and your mind and guide it and protect it. And he will give you discernment in the spirit to show you where he's coming in and show you his schemes so that you could counteract it in the spiritual realm. But this only happens when you have intimacy with God and you have revelation and discernment in the spirit to know where the enemy is coming in to touch your emotions. And so my prayer for you is that you set boundaries, make them clear and establish them so that you, your family and even the enemy, the devil, which is our only enemy, not people, will know the boundaries established by God and by you and that they may be fulfilled and that he may not come in and penetrate and that no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, I pray that you may share it, like it and share it with family and friends and, and, and go back and listen to it. Take notes and study it and ask yourself, do I need this boundary, emotional boundaries? How do I establish boundaries? Am I doing it correctly? And study on um, how to establish boundaries physically, but also pray to God to show you on how to put on this armor in different dimensions of your life. So I pray that this podcast was, was a blessing and I'll see you in the next. God bless.